ever, if you ever ask me ever again to press record, you will see what happens. Everybody listen to this podcast, it's just blowing my mind. Can we go live, please? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa la aqibatul muntaqeen, wa la udwana illa ala dhalimin, wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in, Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altaw sahla, wa anta tajlul hazna, idha shi'ad sahla, Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik, ya rabbil kareem, assalamu alaykum, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Right, yo folks, so, let's get into... Let's get into the text and I have made a note that we ended with وَعَلَىٰ عِبَادِ اللَّهِ الصَّالِحِينَ yani The discussion surrounding the fact that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has First of all that ibad is the plural of uh, the abd, the proper one yani Because you know that by the way you can have abid as well Abid is like a disrespectful kind of term, right? But the abd and the abid, I don't want to say disrespectful, but yani it's different. Ibad comes from the word abid, as opposed to abd, right? Abd is just straight out slave, straight out, and can be yani interchangeable. Whereas abid means someone who worships regularly. Ibad is the plural of abid, right? So it's a good term, number one. Number two, can you get good worshippers and bad worshippers? Or can you get good slaves and bad slaves? Or servants, good servants and bad servants? Yani the ibadullah al-salihin and ibadullah al-fasidin and we prove that we can. We prove that we can. Because everyone is from the Abdullah. Everybody is a servant to Allah whether they're good or bad. Yep. So this is talking about the blessed people. Alright. So that's where we're at. Lala, let's bring the thing up. Did you tell anyone by the way that it was on the portal that it was between Dhuhr, between Maghrib and Isha? And the automatic timer thing is uh, uh, on, yeah? Right. So make sure everybody, yeah, that you keep an eye on the schedule and for timings because obviously now the time will change every lesson until uh, the end. Yeah, it's on your notice board. Uh, it's on. Huh? Yeah, and keep uh, Quranic progression as well. It's on the notice board and it gives you the times. How many lessons do we have left? May yeah, so we're not gonna have one on that one, yeah. So one, two, three, four. Four more lessons. Three five including today. Five including today. Uh okay. All right. So, uh, in the Arabic then for today's text, it is uh, Yeah, so he says At-tahiyyatu lillah wa salawatu wa tayyibatu Assalamu alayka ayyuhal nabiyyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله هذا التشهد الأول ثم يقول اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد. Right? We'll stop there because there's no way that we're going to go to the second line. 
And the translation is that he says when he's in this tashahud al-awwal, uh, يعني all majesty and everlasting grace is for Allah and prayers and all good and peace be upon you O Prophet and the mercy of Allah and his blessings and peace be upon us and upon the righteous servants of Allah and I bear witness that there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah and I bear witness that Muhammad is his servant and his messenger and this is the first tashahud the first position called tashahud or the position of witnessing then he says then he says which is indicating a break oh allah send upon muhammad and upon the al of muhammad your salah your salah send upon him your salah Kama, because I want to discuss that later, okay? Like you have or because you have sent your salah upon the Al of Ibrahim and indeed you are the most praised, you are the one who is glorious, all right? That is the effective English of what we're going to be covering today, inshallah. Right, so what I want to start with is, so where we've got to is Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. I bear witness, I make shahada, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. I bear witness that there is nothing, there is la, there is nothing, or no rather, ilah, which we can go with God. Yep, that's what God means, ilah, aliha, gods, right? But I prefer nothing worthy of worship, but we'll come to that in a second, except for Allah except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, there's something actually I want to mention that I didn't mention last week, I think. Assalamu alayka ayyuhan nabiyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin. Yeah. Have you thought about this statement? Yeah? Salams be upon you, O Prophet. I was doing some reading actually. I found something very interesting. Um, it's not the most authentic of a hadith. Or rather, it's not the most direct of proofs, actually, is a better way of explaining it. Not that it's not the most authentic of hadith, but rather, it's a lot of kind of, yani, what was the word? Inferring going on. A lot of inferring, what we call istidlal, yani, from different ahadith. But, you know, um, have you guys come across the concept that the Prophet ﷺ used to, uh, that, that, that the, the, the companions used to raise their hands in the prayer? And, and that the Prophet ﷺ told them not to do that. You'll hear, you'll hear that concept and uh, obviously the Hanafi school would, would jump on this and say this is a proof that this is, you know, you don't raise the hands in the prayer. Now, Obviously, when it comes to trying to respond to an issue like that, you use the surrounding evidences. And it's impossible for it to mean that. How can it mean, don't raise your hands in the prayer when the Prophet ﷺ directly states 
and practices the raising of the hands in the prayer without any shadow of a doubt. Even the Hanafi school itself accepts it. For example, at the beginning of the prayer in the Takbir al-Ihram, all the schools will accept that point. And then, of course, the hadith, which are the super most authentic hadith of bin Umar that we covered in this class in Bukhari, where he would raise his hands when he goes into Ruku'ah, when he raises his hands, comes up from Ruku'ah, it's well established, and more importantly, final times as well. So they can't be abrogated. They are the abrogators. Yeah, there's a final times of the Prophet no time for it to be cancelled out. So clearly, as the majority stated, this lifting of the hands was not the Rafa'idain that we know. It wasn't the rafa of the yadain, the raising of the hands that we know, but rather, check this out, they would give salam to each other. In the salah. And it is narrated, it is narrated, Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shanqiti said, فَفَتَشَهُدْ يعني هذا فَتَشَهُدْ لِأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا فِي الْقَدِيمِ يُسَلِّمْ بَعْدُهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضِ عِنْدَ عِنْتِهَاءِ الصَّلَاةِ Yani one day would, uh, uh, and Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar doesn't mention the evidence for this. That's why, you know, it's out there. He's saying that when he would, when he, he would say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, they would say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Yani, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. They would make ishara, right? فَأَبْدَلَهُمُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ بِهَذَا So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replaced it with this. Um, وكانت هي الصلاة المدنية فعندما كان يسلم بعضهم على بعض ويشير بعضهم على بعض لبعدهم قال صلى الله عليه وسلم ما لي أراكم رافع أيديكم كأذناب خيل شمس أسكنوا في الصلاة فنهاهم عن عن هذا السلام وأبدلهم بقول السلام علينا ولا عباد الله صالحين وقد ورد في الخبر أنه لا يبقى عبد الله عبد لله Okay, so yani the Sheikh is saying that actually what, what, what used to happen is that it wasn't necessarily the people who was right next to them, but the people were a bit far away. So, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullah. Shout out to the guys at the end because they're too close. Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullah. So, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala at this incident, He replaced it with. This tashahud. So this tashahud was then increased to add then Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Assalamu alaikum wa la ibadillah his salihin. So it's yani uh, an Assalamu upon all of us means all of you guys here and upon all of the righteous and so this was and the hadith by the way to translate it literally why is it that I see you raising your hands like the tails of um uh Khail in Shamsi, you know, uh, 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 you know, like when the horses they um, they trot and they lift their tails. You know what I mean? Or like when they go to. <laughs> I was looking at me like, and just say it, just like saying, "We're from the Pandi, and we see what happens here when they raise their tails because they need to keep the nice tail out of the way when they go for a number two, yeah." So that's a, that's a, that's an easier way. But you know, I me, mean, I wanted to keep it clean, and you know. You took it to the goal, Allah. Dr. Sam, you're going to keep it high level. Anyway, so, you, why are you doing that? Like, yani, this, uskun of salah, calm down in the prayer. There's too much movement going on, lifting your hands and whatever, whatnot. And so, therefore, this salam was replaced. I find that very interesting. I forgot to mention that to you uh, last time. It is going to become important. Why? Um, because 
again is indicating that the tashahud al-awwal is going to, Shaykh Uthameen is going to come into it. Let me, let me leave that for when he starts speaking about it. Like it has a, a real clear focus in terms of its role. And what shouldn't happen is that it becomes an open season for dua and other things. So there is your tashahud. It's a little praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the sending of salams upon the Prophet upon the believers, upon yourselves. Get out of there now to the next, to the third rak'ah, to the fourth rak'ah. You want to make dua? We've got place for that. It's coming. And then you can knock it out. And we're going to show some narrations which indicate yani, the shortness of this tashahud. Okay? Alright. So, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. I bear witness that there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah. It is, a shahada is obviously a phrase which is uh, different. You could have said, for example, um, a, a statement. There is nothing worthy of worship except Allah. Yeah? La ilaha illallah. But ashhadu an la ilaha illallah is qati' ablagh wa ashad. Because when a person says there's nothing worthy of worship except Allah, it's a khabar. And a khabar itself, a piece of information, has the ability of being yani, second-hand, comes from different people, yani, something you copied, something you're, whatever it is. Whereas, ashhadu, I bear witness that there is, yani, means that it's a 100%, you are completely behind it, it is more powerful than just a khabar piece of information. And that's something which you should be appreciating when you say it. That means that when you're saying it, you're not just relaying information, you, you believe this. And if you don't believe this, then we have a problem. I don't mean just the general, oh, you have a problem because you're not a Muslim. I mean you have a problem that you're repeating this statement all the time and you're thinking it's just some random statement. It means something. It means something in the good times and in the bad times and in the easy times and in the difficult times. Right? We will hear the Ani, you know, we say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, we hear it every day. It means absolutely nothing to us. To be honest, it's just the, when we hear it, it's just, oh, someone must be giving the iqamah or someone must be giving the adhan. It's just the part and parcel of the day when your iman is not being tested. Okay? But you know, when you bear witness that there's nothing worthy of worship except Allah, the whole point of that is that that bearing witness that there's nothing worthy of worship means that if I'm letting anything get in my way and becoming important to me and beloved to me, then that is taking the position of God. Because of course, God, ilah, comes from the word of Allah to love something a lot. Alright? Ilah is al-maf'ul bihi. Ilah, God, means al-ma'luh, that which is loved intensely. And ma'luh means that which is worshipped. Because worship is a phrase which is effectively indicating that you love something so much that you do anything for that source, that subject of love. Okay? And because you love that person, that thing so much, everything you will do. And so, that source of, of adoration is a source of addiction, a source of obsession, a source of focus, a source of love. It is al-ma'luh. And Allah is al-ilah, the ilah. You take off the lamb in the middle, put it together, al-ilah, it becomes Allah. And it means the one who is worshipped. Now, if that is the one which is worshipped, the one that is loved, if there's things which are stopping you worship Allah, and worshipping Allah, we know it means doing, his, doing the obligatory, staying away from the haram, then you are not practicing <coughs> Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. You're not practicing it if you are allowing things 
You're not praying, you're allowing your bed to be more comfortable than your prayer. You're allowing your desires yani, to be stronger than, for example, doing the haram or falling into zina or going into riba or you want to buy a certain thing, but you know you can't afford it, but I'm going to take out a loan anyway, etc., etc. Your desire for the dunya, your desire for that is coming in front of Allah. Your shahada is not pure. Your testimony is not pure. All right? We have very emotional shahadas as well. Yani a shahada itself, when a person, you see a person become Muslim, you can see this is a shahada of a whole change of life right now. It has a very certain, uh, you know, has a certain power. You have the shahada of those folks who are being tortured, for example, being tortured to leave their religion. They say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. I'm not going, I'm not changing my religion, I'm not going anywhere. This is, so there's, diff, there's different times of power, there's, di- there's different times of, of, of immense difficulty. But we ourselves mustn't be those people who are allowing our easy times yani to make us become lazy and not appreciate the value of the statement. Because Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, you know the hadith of the bitaqa, the hadith of the, you know, I don't want to go too off the topic, but you know, when it comes to uh, the hisab, when it comes to Yawm al-Qiyamah, the hadith is very clear, narrated by Imam Ahmed, that the people, they would say, they would look at all their deeds and they will look, it will be a hopeless, hopeless situation. They will look at their good deeds and they're not seeing enough and they're looking at their bad deeds and it's a mountain and they're looking at all the favors and they're pulling in all the sadaqahs and all the shafa'ahs and it's just not happening. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls for the card to be brought. Everyone's thinking, what's the card? And a card is brought and it's placed upon the scale and the good deeds just like become like tons and tons just because of a card. And on the card it says, La ilaha. Illallah, the hadith of the bitaqa. It's an incredible hadith, an incredible statement for tawheed. It shows yani, how important it is to believe in the, this statement. La ilaha illallah is the last statement that you should say before you pass away. It guarantees you jannah. Its power is what you know. La ilaha illallah is from the best of the dhikr. And, 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 and. So, if you really believe it and you make statement, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, in your prayer, people yani, who are going, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu an Muhammad al Rasul, yani, what is going on? What are you even saying yani, in your salah? Are you actually appreciating the power? Are you actually appreciating that when you bear witness that there's nothing worthy of worship except Allah, do you really truly believe in it and value it? I'll tell you right now that there are people who are not even appreciating this statement and they're not believing in it properly right now. Amongst us right now here, even the practicing Muslims, those, you're seeing this complete one direction focused attack on the Sharia right now. It doesn't matter whether it's Sultan of Brunei, it doesn't matter whether it's Saudi, it doesn't matter whether it's ISIS, it doesn't matter whether it's Pakistan, it doesn't matter whether it's a Sharia court in the UK. Anyone who tries to implement Sharia, which is the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this world and its people, wasn't an accident, wasn't an option, wasn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, let me just give out, yani, you know, draft, uh, first draft. And then, you know what, check it out, see, you know, make your edits and send it back. Yeah. Enable your, your editor and, you know, put your comments and then send it back. It is the final system and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in its entirety, all of its bells and whistles is to be implemented upon the creation. It's not meant to make them happy. It's meant to make them safe. It's not meant to, 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 to give them a kick in the, in the you know, to give them a buzz or whatever. This is there to regulate human behavior, to ensure that the world yani, maintains values and, 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 and. And here's the thing. If you believe, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, and you start to have doubts 
about what Allah says and does. You've got to ask yourself, why on earth would you have that? Why on earth would you question? Because, I mean, if you were to ask that Muslim, I'm talking about Muslims, by the way, forget non-Muslims. If you were to ask that Muslim, do you, do you in any way doubt that Allah is the only one worthy of worship? They would say 100% no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. I'm 100% Muslim. There's no shadow of a doubt that there's any lawmaker or any lawgiver or any other creator other than Allah. As in, maybe even more than the rest of us, they will know it. But they won't know what it means, what its application is. So how can then you say that when Allah tells you this is my sharia, this is my law, this is what I want you to do, if these people do these actions, this is how they're punished, if these people do these actions, this is how they're rewarded, these are the good values, these are the bad values. He sends that down and you find it difficult to accept them because you have a secondary set of values that come because you have been exposed to people that you like, in communities that you find easy, in a way of life that you find beneficial, and that has become so loved to you because it makes your life smooth, it makes your life convenient, it makes yani, your, your no, uh, what's the word, no awkwardness in your day, no com- uh, confrontation, no confrontation, your, your finances are taken care of, your political yani, stability is there, so these set of values is a whole yani, it's a deal, it's a package deal, it all comes together, and it's very comfortable, and these other sets of values, they threaten the stability of this set of values that I know, that I believe in, that I understand, that of liberty, that of humanism, that of X, that of Y. And if you start to doubt for one second that there is a system that was put together by the opinions of the creation of Allah, and that that is better for the creation of Allah as compared to that which the creator of the creation has sent, you've lost your mind. You've completely lost your mind. You are a kafir. You are someone who has turned away and actively, not passively or ignorantly, rejected that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came down with. And my point is, is that people don't recognize the shahada and its implications. And it's in play all the time. And we just don't see. It's in play today. It's in play when you read the article and all the attacks upon it and what you're inside you're thinking. Are you kind of cringing? Are you thinking? Are you thinking, oh, sugar? Or, or whatever? Are you, you know? Or are you like Walid, yani, Basuni, who this morning, this afternoon, he was saying to me, he goes, Wallah, ya Sheikh. He goes, he goes, I was speaking to a friend of mine in Saudi. He goes, you know, the problem is, he goes, he goes, the problem is, is that we are so bagharat. Yeah, as an ummah, is that we just allow everyone just to come and just nitpick every single thing. And mostly the Western countries. And no one takes them down for anything. Anything that they say or do or whatever, no one holds them accountable. Everyone's terrified, yeah, I need to, whatever. And obviously, he's American. He goes... He goes, barbaric, they said, right? I said, yeah, barbaric. They said, how is drowning a person not barbaric? How is making them, how is electrocuting them to death in a chair not barbaric? How is imprisoning a person to 250 years in prison not barbaric? How is, but why are people not fighting back and questioning? Because we are so submissive. Yani, we just say, yeah, yeah, we're the guilty party. And he's just taking on the burden. Just taking on the burden. So, anyway, of course, there's a difference between politics 
and aqidah. There's a difference يعني, in between recognizing that a person is in a, a state of weakness and therefore they say things يعني, in public which they wish that they, they wouldn't. But I'm not, I don't care about that. I've got, I've, got loads of, you know, I've got lots of time for people who are in a difficult scenario and have to say something haram or stupid يعني, because they are worried about their family or because they're worried about their livelihood. I don't, I don't admit, I have a problem with it, but it's not kufr. That's siyasa. That's a person who hates it and his heart is full of iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed يعني, some يعني, options. No, that's not my point. My point is what are you thinking, feeling inside? I'm challenging all of you right now here. Do you believe in Allah and His Messenger and in His Sharia or not? Does something in your heart يعني, think, oh, I wish He didn't do that. Or I wish that He hadn't brought that out. Or I wish that this was happening in a couple of years. Or I wish this was... Are you thinking that if you are, then you're basically saying that I don't want the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be implemented. And you've got to ask yourself, what kind of shahada are you making, bro? That's what I'm saying, bro. La ilaha illallah. He makes a point that you can't say anna la ilaha illallah. But I don't think anyone says that. But just in case, yani, if you're speaking in Arabic and you say, it's not ashadu anna la ilaha illallah. That's very wrong. It's an la ilaha. There's a sukun. Yeah? What do you call sukun in thingy? Pack, I'm saying. What do they call a sukun? Oh my God. What do they call sukun in Urdu, man? Sakin. I said, no, it's sukun. Abid wouldn't know sukun if you hit him on the head. <laughs> right, so, um, okay. La ilaha illallah. What a statement. Shaykh Tamim says this is the single phrase that Allah the single phrase of Tawheed, the single, the single uh, worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone that Allah sent all of the messengers with. And وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدُونَ And this is an ayah of course from Surah Al-Anbiya, the chapter of the Prophets. And we did not send before you a messenger except that we inspired them to say or we revealed to them to say that there is nothing worthy of worship except me. This is now quoting Allah, so worship me. Surah Al-Anbiya verse 25. And when you say la ilaha illallah and achieve it, what you've done is you have achieved a tawheed al-uluhiyyah or tawheed al-ibadah. These are two important phrases you need to know because we're weak in aqeedah. You know that tawheed is of different types. You have tawheed al-ibadah or tawheed al-uluhiyyah and you have tawheed al-rububiyyah. And tawheed al-rububiyyah, by the way, is a basic tawheed. The whole world's on that. Everyone yani, knows that there's some kind of power, yani, that you know, there's powerful sources out there. And then what, the Mushrikeen were even on some form of Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. They used to recognize Allah. They gave him his little kind of due. Yeah? They gave him his due respect and due power. But they wanted to give it to Lat and Izzah and yani, Madri'ish and the Ganeshes and the elephants and the God knows what. Yeah? And they give it to communism and they give it to ideologies. They, you know, they're like sharing it out. So Rububiyyah, recognizing that Allah is the one who is a Rabb, the power, the control is what is only one part of the formula. If you don't believe that it's him alone, that no one else yani, gets that right to be worshipped alone, that's known as Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, the Tawheed of Ibadah, that's what La ilaha illallah establishes. Very important. Very, very important. So it means, illallah. There's nothing rightfully to be worshipped except Allah, which indicates that there are things other than Allah to be worshipped. Yani that are worshipped, not to be worshipped, that are worshipped, but none are deserving of that. And that's where it comes back down to the issue of should we translate ilah as God or should we say it's nothing worthy of worship? 
because the idea is, is if you say that there are if you use there's no god except allah then we know that there are other things that are actually worshipped and taken as worship that's why i write i rather there's nothing worthy of worship except allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um and it's like i said there are some people that said no it's not possible they're not gods there's no things that, there's nothing out there that can be worshipped we say no they are worshipped and that's why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said ذلك بان الله هو الحق وَأَنَّمَا يَدْعُونَ مِنْ دُونِهِ الْبَاطِلِ وَأَنَّمَا يَدْعُونَ مِنْ دُونِهِ هُوَ الْبَاطِلِ in Surah Al-Hajj So Al-Bātil in Luqman, verse 30, but the one that's more popular in terms of يعني, how Muslims memorize it وَأَنَّمَا يَدْعُونَ مِنْ دُونِهِ هُوَ الْبَاطِلِ is the slight variation in Surah Al-Hajj, verse 62. Okay, uh, and we say there's no major problem. You know, like there are people that said that, you know, Godfather, what other kind of phrases are there people who have objections to? Like, yani, you know, he's a god. And, you know, what that kind of stuff, yani, whatever. And all these mushrikeen that, you know, worship whatever they worship. And some people say, might say, don't say that, there's only one god. Right? You know the Jews, yeah? When they write god, they don't even write god. But that's not the reason, is it? No, that's not. That's, no, no, I'm going to get in the wrong line. Hmm. I don't know how many people yani, really avoid the word. By the way, is it Jism? I think it is, you know. It is, isn't it? See, I all told you, you lot are flipping fails. All knuckly yani, packs. Yani, there's, not, there's not a single usly pack in front of you. All coconuts. All of you. What coconut you are? Unbelievable. You can't don't even know Jezim. Even I, even when I saw Jezim, I said, yes, it's Jezim. It is Jezim, Lala. What do you mean? <laughs> so, what was I saying? Huh. So, uh, basically, I was saying that maybe there are some people in movements that basically do not want the word God to be used because they see it as, you know, problematic, whatever. But then we should say, In here, illa asma'un sammaytumuhu antum. That these are just names that you have named them and your dads, yani, you and your dads have given them. It's yani, a sick line, isn't it? Yeah? They're just names. Anyone can go around and making names up. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not send any authority down for these names or any uh, reality behind it. Okay? So, yeah. So that's what Ashadu Allah ilayhi means. Anna Muhammad and Abdul Rasul. Are there any questions on this? By the way, Oh my goodness. Shazada is not, yani, he's, he's <laughs> Shazada is smiling. I've got to tell you guys a story. Look at the screen. You see this question? Ten minutes ago, who's asked that question? Read out the name loud. Say it. Who's asking you? Yeah. Go on. Come on then. You can't even see it, okay. Harris. Huh? What? H-R-R-I-S-E, ya Paki. Harris. 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 Yeah. Girl, right? Yeah, Harris. It's a girl's name. Huh? What is it then? Harris. Harris, yeah? Harris. Harris. Any other options going? So you know this Yanni girl has been, or this sister, which should be respectful. Yeah? Baji, yeah, this Baji. She's been... No, no, one second. It might not be in it. Harris. Harris. With an E. 
Okay, you know that this sister, or Harris, or Harris, or whoever, has been messaging, uh, has you know, been on, a student online for a good couple of months, right? Asking questions every week, all the rest of it. <laughs> yes or no? Yeah, we've seen it, isn't it? Yeah? Me and Shazada are in London on, we, we were in London on Saturday. And uh, we went to Regent's Park, uh, Regent Street. So it's Salah time. So Regent Street, there's no masjid in Regent Street. You're like near Piccadilly, like, yeah? Like Leicester Square, Piccadilly, Soho, that kind of area. So, so there is, of course, because I've been to one. The Soho Mosque, exactly the dodgy one. The Islamic Yani Center, I think it's called. Yeah, the Islamic Center it's called. Yep. And this literally is in the middle of Soho. Soho is a red light district. Yep. And you just like, you know, all over the place. Anyway, so, yeah, and me and Shaz, I just, we, we, we go to this uh, um, uh, masjid. And as we sit down, there's a brother outside with a kid and a Baji wife and everything. And this place is so small that no women are allowed. There's no possibility for any women or the structure and everything, all the rest of it. Just for the, uh, for the, uh, for the benefit of the sisters, uh, Usman just went like that to me, okay? I just want you all to know that he went... <laughs> I've got to just be transparent about everything. Like, You're a chief, you should be proud of that. Huh? We don't hide it. Usman, we don't hide it. Zafar, you're the one who hides it. Shazad, let me pretend. You get slapped up, that's the problem. Anyway, so women can't come in, so the sister's outside. Okay. And I think maybe even the kid. Anyway, we walk inside, we sit down, brother comes up to us. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Alaikum salam. How you doing, brother? Yeah, my name's Harris. Alright, okay. I'm Harris on the portal. <laughs> the fish. <laughs> are you kidding me, man? I, I couldn't believe it. I said, are you serious? Of all places, at all times, at all moments, the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he goes, yeah. He go, then he, I go, yeah, you've got to sit right down here now. Forget about you outside. Sit down. And I go, come on then. He goes, I'm Harith. Dad obviously did a whole Harris job. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. What did he say? Why did that, what was the E added? Harith, you had to put us out of our misery and tell us, because I've forgotten what you said. But anyway, his dad adds the E. Harrison is something else, Lala. Anyway, so this guy is a brother. His name is Harith. We're very happy to have him. Bizarrallah khair. And uh, I, was, I was so happy to meet the guy. And we sat and we had a nice chat and we prayed and it was good fun. And alhamdulillah. All right, there we go. Uh, but he's going to tell me what the E was about because I've forgotten. And I have forgotten to bring that hadith. So you know, someone's going to have to remind me. And then I will bring the, uh, the revelation. But it's not yani, the drama that everyone is thinking. Right, okay. Where are we now? Oh, we're trying to look for if there's any questions here. Uh, I have noticed Rayhan is saying that in various books in which the ulama have mentioned the statement without evidence. Can it be inferred that they have said it as narrated from their mashayikh and thus so still the salaf? Well, absolutely. Especially when it's a major scholar that deals in evidences. There's no doubt that that person feels that that action is justified either from uh, the salaf directly and they're not quoting the name or from the mashayikh who they trust and they're not quoting or... And this is something that you will come to when you study, especially Hanbali fiqh, a concept of called tajruba. Now tajruba 
not necessarily applicable right here, but they trust themselves and their experiences so much that they say, according to my experience, this is what I find. According to my belief, this is what I find. So they're quite confident to make that istidlal even though there's no uh, obvious kind of, uh, you know, uh, evidence for it. All right, anyway, I don't think there's any questions upon what we said so far. We'll do other questions later. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ Again, I bear witness that Muhammad, who is Ibn Abdul Muhammad, Ibn Abdullah, Ibn Abdul Muttalib, Al-Qurashi Al-Hashimi. He is Qurashi from the tribe, he is Hashimi from the Hashemites, yani from a sub-tribe, and he is a son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him to Ummul Qura, the mother of all cities in Mecca, and which is also the most beloved of lands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then he emigrated to Medina, and then he passed away there, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is abduhu. He is an abid lahu. He is a worshipper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has absolutely no sharing in the dominion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatsoever. He is a complete slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is a bashar. He is a human being like us. He said, قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ يُوحَى إِلَيَّ أَنَّمَا إِلَهُكُمْ إِلَهٌ وَاحِدٌ And say to them, Allah says to the Messenger, that I am only a human like you, and it has been revealed to me that, that you only have one uh, uh, Lord worthy of worship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Surah Al-Kaf, as you all know. Uh, and, and the Prophet said in the hadith, إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ أَنْسَى كَمَا تَنْسَوْنَ I am only a human like you, I forget just like you forget. This is a hadith which was narrated by Bukhari in the chapter of the, in the chapter of Salah, uh, and the hadith is 401. Hadith is 401. Um, and I think, Yani, there's, there's so many evidences for that. Um, but actually, no, let me just quote some ayat, Yani, some references, because we're going to try and uh, look at what some of the people make a mistake in this statement of Abduhu wa Rasulu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told uh, him commanded him to say sallallahu alayhi wasallam la this is with al-an'am verse 50 i don't say to you that i know the treasures of the allah and i know the unseen and that i don't say to you i'm an angel i only follow that i only follow that which is revealed to me and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him in another ayah قُلْ إِنِّي لَا أَمْلِكُ لَكُمْ ذَرًّا وَلَا رَشَدًا قُلْ إِنِّي لَنْ يُجِيرَنِي مِنَ اللَّهِ أَحَدٌ وَلَنْ أَجِدَ مِنْ دُونِهِ مُلْتَحَدًا This is of course Surah Al-Jinn, verse 21-22. I don't say that I am able to bring any harm or I'm able to bring any benefit. And indeed, uh, I, and Allah says say, uh, I, no one can protect me from Allah. And I have no and I have no refuge except except yani, in him. I have no yani, refuge from him except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you understand that any and this is so clear, which boggles the mind, of course, then that you have people who try to give uh, the Prophet those divine qualities or characteristics, which is the remit of the people of Bid'ah or people of Christianity or people of other kind of uh, uh, religions. And that's despite the Prophet 
him being yani, the greatest of the servants, the most humble of the servants, he was the most God-fearing of the servants, he's the most worshipping of the servants, until that he would stand and his feet would swell, and they, they would be said to him that Indeed Allah has forgiven you that which you've done before and that which will happen in the future. And he replied, should I not be a grateful slave? Narrated by Muslim, hadith number 2820. He is also wa rasuluhu. He is his messenger. Yani that who will send his message. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him and became a means between him and the creation in the tabligh shar'ihi faqat. He became the means and the, the manner of which the sharia was exposed or transmitted to the people. And if there was no messenger, how would we ever know how to, mess, how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And so he is a messenger. He is the best of the messengers. He is the best of those who, who, who sent and those who were sent. He is the he has that which is the best thing that was sent, which is the Quran, and uh, he is the greatest of the messengers. He is the seal of the messengers. He is the Imam of the messengers, and that is why when they were gathered on the night of the Mi'raj, he was the Imam of them, uh, uh, as narrated by Imam Ahmed in his Musnad, Volume One, Hadith two hundred and fifty-seven. So we know, therefore, from these two things. The ubudiyah of the Prophet ﷺ, his servitude to Allah, and the risala, the fact that he's the messenger of Allah, we know then by these characteristics how people can make mistakes. And how can people make some mistakes? I will show you. The first one, Shaykh Uthameen says at the top of page 159, he goes, are those that basically have, are trying to think that yani, his ubudiyah is not absolute, he's not like us, he's not a slave human being, yani, you know, uh, 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 limited and uh, so on in all features like us he must have some special power some part of the rububiyyah some aspect of divinity you get what I'm saying and now of course we know it's like the Sufis and the Brailvis and those people who call out upon the Prophet ﷺ. and even if they think that he's different from Allah they're giving him divine attributes which is insane which is insane and Shaykh Uthameen makes a really interesting point I would just want you to just maybe yeah, take this he says because you know, yani they have such a love, so that's true, and ta'zim, a reverence for the Messenger of Allah in their hearts, that if the Messenger is mentioned to them, and you see this by the way, their hearts like freeze, like, yani, you know, like, uh, like, you know, they get, they get goosebumps, basically. But when Allah is mentioned, it's like someone has poured any cold water over them. Like, they're the most calm, no reaction, no goosebumps, no reverence, no extreme feeling of, like, despair or love, or no, yani, you know, missing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where is your desire to meet Him? Hear about the Prophet sallallahu this, yani, madness happens to the body. That madness is true love when it is done in the right way. But if it's not being done for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being done for the Prophet sallallahu you have to ask yourself, yani, what's going on? He goes, Nawaz billah. He goes, these are people who are falling into the trap or falling into the, the sin of setting up partners or equals with Allah. Yani, we, hear, we read all this all the time. 
equals with Allah, equals with Allah. I think no one, we don't think of any, who, who do we ever equalize with Allah? Yeah, no one equals anything with Allah. But if you're giving God attributes or godly reactions to the creation, or you're scared of people, for example, yeah, let's just look at those who are cowards, for example. You are scared of people more than you are scared of Allah's punishment or scared of Allah's anger. You are giving his attributes to other people. I mean, no, there's, no, there's nothing more to be said. That's it. فَهَؤُلَاءِ أَشْرَكُوا بِاللَّهِ حَيْثُ سَاوُوا الرَّسُولَ بِاللَّهِ بَلْ جَعَلَهُ عَاظَمِينَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ They have made shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they equalize between them. In actual fact, even sometimes, they had more reverence for the Prophet And this is difficult to speak about because they'll say, why, shouldn't we? No, you should have great love and respect and desire to meet the Prophet but it's got to be at least matched for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if it's not, the naqs is in you, not in the deen or us or people who are trying to calm things down. Because, I mean, you know. Anyway, and then the second group are those people who have... The, so this is the problem. We have the problem with the ubudiyah. They don't recognize the Prophet's ubudiyah properly. There are other people who don't re recognize the risala of the Prophet Who are those? Obvious. It's not as complicated as you may think. Obvious answer. Non-Muslims, non obviously. Yeah? And specifically, they're Christians. Specifically the Christians. Jews, yeah, and, you know, some hiding it, blagging it here and there. Some, some, some Christians as well. They believe that there is no messenger that's coming after. Otherwise, they would have accepted him. They deny the statements of Isa salam who told him that my brother is coming. This is yani, uh, an idea. Even some of the Jews, even Ahlul Kitab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Huwa ba'atha fil ayatihi, He is the one who sent to the unlettered people a messenger from them to recite to them his verses. They said, Ahlul Kitab, they said, well, that's obviously not us then, because we're not unlettered, we are lettered. We know what we're talking about. We are not, yani, lesna nahnu min bani Israel, min kitab. We are from Bani Israel, we are from the people of the book, we are people of the scripture, we know what's going on. Clearly this messenger is not for us, so he's not something, yani, that we consider to be a messenger or someone coming from God. He's just some, yani, local, they can claim it, they've fabricated it, etc., etc. Sheikh also said that, yani, some of the Arabs also fell into this trap. You know, they, yani, some of the people who basically said that this is for us, yani, someone special for us back in the day, right? And not yani, anyone else, because yani, Allah said here that it is Rasulan minhum, from them, ummiyin. Those people are not very lettered, they're very, yani, not great at writing, unlettered. They have, yani, uh, they have a culture and they have yani, knowledge, but they don't have the writing skills, etc. So... Specifically, the Christians, wal Nasari yaqulun, that our... our, our, our our uh, um, messenger is Isa salam, and they went so far in that that they took him to the level of Allah and the Yehud, what did they say? They said that Isa salam is a liar, he's, a, he's the yani, you know, uh, son of Zina and yani, he was killed and he was crucified and our prophet is Musa. Yani, you know, Oh, yes, correct. The story is even better than I said. So his dad, when he called him Harith, and he couldn't spell Harith, so he wrote it Harith. 
Uh, Rolf Harris was the key yani, guy at that time. What a, what a disaster, yani, subhanAllah. If only people knew what was going to happen, right? So, but he wanted to differentiate from Rolf Harris. Sick guy. Yeah, I shook the guy by the hand. I said, that's a sick story. I needed to tell you that because Harris is in the house. Heavy ones, bro. Heavy ones. Right. So anyway, these are two false claims, of course. They're completely to be rejected. Unacceptable. Absolutely a nonsense if anyone says this kind of thing. Because uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ جَمِيعًا all mankind, I am a messenger to, messenger to all of you. To, to all of you. Yani, what are you talking about? So, you know. Uh, so that's fine. All right. Let's now say that this is the Tashahud al Awwal. You want to take number one? Yep. They don't, yani, the mistake number one, according to how Sheikh Uthameen is defining it, is basically that they are not recognizing what it means that he, his state of Ubudiyah. They're not recognizing his true state. By not recognizing that he is a complete Abid, an Abd, they're then by definition giving him divine qualities. What's the status of this? What, what, how big a mistake is this? Because you go to Pakistan, they believe that the Prophet isn't from us, he's not from the angels. This is a bid'ah which can lead to shirk. And if a person believes, actually states, actually states. So when I say bid'ah, I mean that if a person says, you know, Ya Rasulullah, you're, you're alive still, you don't die. Ya Rasulullah, you know everything. Okay? At this level, this statement is bid'ah only. Because we're making a lot of excuses. We're saying, which when you ask them, this is what they will say. They'll say, of course, Allah is the one who gave him the ability to know everything. Allah is yani, allowing him to, we don't equate him to Allah. Yeah? So they're basically yani, falling into a bid'ah, which is on the right very edges of shirk. And then you get into a really detailed discussion of the scholars, which you study in Tawheed, in which, is it possible for people to believe something like that? Isn't that what the mushrikeen themselves used to say? Yani that these, yani we, uh, if, if, you, if you know that Allah is the one who is the only one and, then, and you know that the Prophet ﷺ does not have this status but you're giving it to him, then why would you then call upon him? Ah, because he's better than us and he gets us closer to, to you. And that's exactly what the mushrikeen said. The mushrikeen used to say that about Lat and Uzza and whatever. They used to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They used to say that this is the, this department, that's their department. And to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we go like this. So shirk at the end of the day is there. So according to the different interpretations, how, how, how hardcore it goes, very least it's a complete haram bid'ah which is on the level of shirk or the, or the edge of shirk. And then whether they become kafir or not is depending upon their knowledge and the opinion that they follow or you follow, whether they are to be considered yani, a shirk doing a shirk or a shirk yani, full out. So this is very, very serious. So, comment. Yes, this is true. I often find there's such emphasis about the love of the Prophet ﷺ, but nothing and little mention of our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which I have always found really, really strange because if you truly love the Prophet ﷺ, you would love what he ﷺ loved anyway. And we all know from narrations how his love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was. So it really makes no sense the overemphasis of love for him ﷺ over him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Absolutely correct. It's amazing, subhanAllah. It's mind-boggling. Now, now, here's the caveat. Here's the caveat. 
Back then, it doesn't make any sense why this happens. Now, actually, it makes sense why you'd go overboard on loving the Prophet ﷺ more. Because now there really is a time where there's very little communication or connection to the Prophet ﷺ, where there's a lot of hate against yani, you know, religion, where there's a real kind of dumbing down of the spiritual and the metaphysical, and yeah, and people have left the sunnah and they're so impressed with the way that they eat and they drink and the way that they act and they don't think yeah, and they feel embarrassed and ashamed about the, the, the statements of the Prophet his actions, his, his yeah, behavior, attitude, they think it's out of date and so on and so forth. So this empirical age that we live in where it's all empiricism, modernism and so on, liberalism is very anti the Prophet and people who do love, there is, a, there is a correlation that those people who do love the Prophet ﷺ Sunnah a lot, they don't have, they don't, they're not sucked into modernism and liberalism as much as others are. And so you get what I'm saying. So you could understand today there being an emphasis on loving the Prophet ﷺ, but yani more than Allah, and you know, especially before, that's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, um, where are we going to go to now? Huh, okay, so the Sheikh then says, so this is the Tashahud al-Awwal, alright? This is yani, what is known as the first sitting in the Tashahud. And we said before, and I mentioned it last week actually, and the week before, that there are different narrations. There's the narration of Abdullah bin Abbas, which is narrated in Muslim. Then we have the narration that we've been using here, which is the one which is, uh, the one in Muslim, by the way, is, is, uh, is 403. Slight variations from the, 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 the famous one that we use, which is what the Hanafis use. The Shafi'is follow the Ibn Abbas one, which is narrated in Muslim. The Hanafis generally use the one which is uh, narrated by Abdullah bin Mas'ud, the one that we're saying now, that's narrated in Bukhari. They're all very, very similar. But what do we do with these? You know, when we find those acts of worship which are narrated in different forms, do we apply them yani, interchangeably? Like you do, as we said, yani, with Azkar and Dua and, uh, uh, and Sana, for example, at the beginning of Salah, we said no. It's an either-or situation. You don't rotate. You don't rotate between these. You stick to attahiyatulillah, whatever it is that you want to uh, go with. Um, the Sheikh said that this uh, statement of our author it indicates almost like this is it. That is that is the end of the tashahud. You don't say anything further than that. Yeah. Now you might remember we discussed this one year, two years ago. What if you're sitting behind an imam and he's like on a long thing, right? And you're sitting there now thinking, what's happening now? Do you carry on? Yeah. Happened two few weeks ago. Did we? then. I said a couple of years ago. Maybe I did then as well. Maybe I'm living in a past lala. Maybe this is a twilight zone. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Which pro oh sugar, he's right. We had a weekend of adventure, by the way. She said that's come up with another story. So another prayer in the masjid. Actually, the same masjid. <laughs> we were staying there near Soho. It's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. So, this was uh, Maghrib. Yeah, this was Maghrib prayer. The other one was, I think, Dhuhr, I think. Yeah, this was Maghrib. All right, check this out. This is a mad one. So, this masjid is tiny, but it's got floors. And anyway... <laughs> Uh, um, I mean, this just goes. Actually, I was saying to, is it Kadir I was saying, or is it to you? Yeah. That I was saying that normally only sisters ask me this question. Right, okay, yeah. So, 
You know the sisters that always have this question. You know, I, got, I told you that this is bid'ah, this, uh, this board, you know, this screen, and this side by side. This is, this is not from the sunnah of the Prophet The sunnah is for women to be in the same hall. We've discussed this here many times, and same hall. And when that happens, then you don't have problems. Obviously today, some people don't think it's the sunnah, and some people are forced because of the nature of the masjid, okay? And the women are put in another room. And when they're in another room, then you're entirely based and dependent upon bloody speaker. And if that speaker doesn't work, or the microphone doesn't work, then it's a disaster. So, what I was saying is that, what I was, what I was telling these guys is that, sisters ask me this question all the time. It's like one of their main questions. We started Salah with the Imam, then it's like, silence for about one, two minutes. Everyone's like sitting there now thinking what's going on. Then, Allahu Akbar. Right? <coughs> so they're going to go for Ruku'ah. Isn't it? And then they hear Allahu Akbar again. So they're, they're thinking, right, well, that's wrong. So this must be sajda. So they go into sajda. Then they hear the next thing is fatiha. Then they realize we were even further back than we thought. It's a mess. And this is the reality of women they face all the time. What I told these guys, I go that this is actually not a women problem. This, and even though they're the ones that ask it because they're the ones that have to put up with it. And I always tell men, you know, who want to say we've got to have barriers and got to stick men in a, women in another room and they've got to be in a whatever, whatnot. I say, well, put yourself in their position for just one day and you'll be all saying, get rid of this and keep them in the room. Anyway, we were the budgies that day. Long story short is that me and Shazada, we were the budgies that day. Third floor of this house, you know, the voice coming out of this, mic, of this speaker was like, Oh, yeah. sugar! I thought that was the, how low the speaker oh, was. I tried to take it. There you go. It wasn't even the speaker. It was basically the, the body of the, the, from the ground floor. Speaker up through two floorboards, we ceilings, whatever, whatnot. There's me, and he listen to the. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm listening to the speaker. <laughs> you guys are listening down. Anyway, cello. The point was, it was super quiet. Now, obviously, if you know surahs by heart and stuff, it's going to help you because you can start shaping it together. Now, we were there at the beginning so we could hear Fatiha or we could work out Fatiha. He recites, I think, in the first rak'ah, I think, Buruj or something. Right? Whatever. Bengali Imam, by the way. Okay? That's also important to try and work out what Gwani because, you know, Soho, Maghrib. Soho, permanent yani hookup, you know what I'm saying? So, we want to try and work out what's happening, right? What's that, Timmy? Abi? Abi? Ha ha, baki, So, the Bangani Imam, yani he's reciting, but proper, nice, whatever, whatnot. Now, when you're thinking, I'm thinking this is going to be a nightmare, this is going to be a disaster because Bangani Imam is going to be up and down, up and down, and you know, we already can't hear what's happening without a guy, yani, you know? When he goes into Ruku'a, Subhanahu Rabbi Al-Azim, I'm not joking, he did a proper one. Like, he must have recited Subhanahu Rabbi Al-Azim maybe about nine times. He must have. Now, we don't know that, do we? We're bajis now, aren't we? It's now all a flipping guess now, isn't it? What's happening? But we were patient. 
Obviously, I've got the longest beard, everyone's following me. <laughs> there was about what? Eight or nine people in that room? Eight or nine people, you know, a couple of Arabs, a couple of kids, a couple of these lot, whatever, whatnot. And, you know, someone's going to take a lead. Someone's going to take a lead. By the way, let me tell you what the, the, the ruling on this is before I uh, answer what, what happened. I tell the sisters, Yanni, when this happens, that you either, and, and, and by extension, the brothers, if you are in that scenario, you break your prayer and you carry on individually. Okay? Or you take a person forward and they lead the prayer from that point. A sister moves forward, a brother moves forward, and they lead the prayer. Okay? So after that, then I'll tell you what happened. Haji. Bismillah. So let's finish this. So anyway, so obviously, you know, we were thinking, yeah, the speaker's gone. It's gone. No doubt about it. Because in Bengali Imam Yani in Middle London, you know, where's he getting a whole nine subhanahu of your al from all this religious behavior? You know what I mean? Yeah? When the Bengalis become so religious. I know, yeah, Lala. You've got to give the full story, Lala. So, then we heard him say, So we learned a lesson. See, now you recognize the importance, don't you? You're packing. We realized that this guy was a slow prayer. You get what I'm trying to say? And that was right. When he said, It was very controlled. And when we just thought, that, Oh, the speaker's gone again. We heard Allahu Akbar like you're going downstairs. So we realized that, okay, 
Let's not get tricked. I know we can't hear the guy, but don't be thinking that because there's a long moment of silence that the speaker's gone. It's still with us. We were able to pray the full prayer. We got through it. It was tough because there are people keep coming in. And when they kept coming in, even their little footsteps, yani, was making enough sound for us to... The whole prayer was just us, yani, straining. We're in the last tashahud now. Oh my God. <laughs> We're in the last tashahud. And after what might have considered to be a normal tashahud length, someone walks in and sits down. And we're sitting there, nothing being heard, nothing being heard, nothing being heard. And then we're all thinking now, this guy's a slow guy, he's a sunnah guy, maybe he's knocking out dua, we sat there, we sat there, I reckon maybe two, three minutes we sat there, sat there, sat there. I was going to say, you know what, someone, you know what, we, gotta, we just, we just got to break here. We just got to break here. And then before, just before was, I was about to, some lala, yani, some Arab guy, isn't it? Yeah, Arab guy just goes, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And every single person just went, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. <laughs> we'll take that, we'll take that, you know what I mean? Nothing, we were right. We missed it when that guy walked in. Just his footsteps meant that we missed Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. No, 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 no. We didn't find that mosque, fake mosque. I'm telling you, man, it's not true. There's not even a community there, I bet. I bet. Anyway, so the reason why that's actually important is because the Prophet Sallallahu he uh, uh, there's, there's, two, there's two hadith I want to bring to your attention. The first one, the Prophet Sallallahu said in Bukhari, hadith number uh, 835, beautiful hadith. He said, ثُمَّ لَيَتَخَيَّرْ بَعْدَ مِنَ الْمَسْأَلَةِ مَا يعني in the second Tashahud, after saying Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, in the second Tashahud, ask, choose anything that you want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you want. Choose anything that you want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you want. Now that statement there indicates very clearly that the second Tashahud is a long affair. The reason that Shazad Yani made brought that point is that we were definitely giving him the opportunity that that is the case. He was praying really slowly and so we were quite comfortable that even three, four minutes into this tashahud, he's doing that right way. How do you know a person's praying to the sunnah? Because he also then makes the first tashahud very short. The companion said, كَانَ إِذَا جَلَسَ فِي التَّشَهُدِ الْأَوَّلْ قَامَ كَأَنَّمَا كَانَ عَلَى الرَّضَفِ when the Prophet ﷺ will be sitting in the first tashahud, he would stand up as so quickly like as if he was sitting on hot stones. Now if you've ever prayed in a hot stone area, like in the haram or whatever, you know that you're never fully comfortable, comfortable. And you're always kind of thinking, yani quickly, yani let me just stand up. Yani we have a hadith that make it very clear that this tashahud al-awwal is a short, quick, Yani in and out. And that's why it's not from the sunnah for the imam to recite it very long, very slow, or worse, to make dua. I don't say worse because some minority of scholars said that you do make dua in it. But it's clear that the place and the home of dua when it comes to salah is in the second tajahud, not the first one. Yep. So at the first tajahud, the lesson that you've learned is that it's short, sharp and sweet just like you see. And the dua and the letting yourself go and asking Allah what you wish that's in the final tashahud 
when you make your durood sharif and your dua after it, that is when you are, that's, that, that's when you, um, and also, also, yani, when we say that the second part is the part of dua, there's absolutely no doubt that Allahumma salli ala Muhammad yani, is not a part of the first tashahud. And Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, durood sharif is a dua, it's a dua at the end of the day. So all the du'as, they live in the second one. Yep, in essence. That is not to say that there is not some aspect of du'a in the first one, but it's very light and brief and, yani, you know, job done. Um, yeah. And as Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankit said, it's a very weak opinion to be making du'a in the first one or to be elongating the first one. And Sheikh Uthameen himself says on page 150 on 161, it is not recommended to send salams upon the Prophet Sallallahu in the Tashahud al-Awwal, meaning then Abduhu wa Rasulu, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad. It's not sunnah to just go and then do that intentionally. Okay? And that's what it seems to be the sunnah. The Prophet Sallallahu did not teach that Ibn Mas'ud when he said this is Tashahud. He didn't mention Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. He didn't say that in the version of Ibn Abbas. He didn't say that in any of the versions of the Tahiyyat, the Tashahuds. He didn't mention that in any version. And of course, Yani, if, he, if it was the Sunnah, he would have said it. So that's what Yani is, uh, 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 that's, that's what is closer to the Sunnah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Um, I just want to mention that the hadith of the hot stones that the Prophet ﷺ used to sit up, Yani, get up quite quick. Sheikh Uthameen says, there's no doubt that, that this is not the most strongest of hadith. Its chain has some kind of, uh, Yani, some discussion. But um, it is, yani, it's not bad. It's not bad. It is also what it seems to be from the obvious from the Sunnah. And then he mentions that what, what is narrated by Imam Ibn Khuzayma in his Sahih. Uh, that doesn't mean, of course, the Sahih of Ibn Khuzayma does not mean that the hadith are in it all Sahih, but this is the name of the book. He said that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sallam The hadith yani, which is narrated also yeah, by Imam Ahmed as well and by Ibn Khuzayma by 708 um, on the authority of uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud that what? That what? That when the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in the middle of his prayer Yani, he would get up yani, as soon as he finishes from tashahud. He would get up as soon as he says, Abduhum wa straight up, not long, not extending. But in the second one, in kanafi akhiriha, but when he's in his last tashahud, coming up to taslim, da'a ba'da tashahudihi bi Allah. But he would then make lots of dua according, the, according to whatever Allah wanted. And that's why the last tashahud, meaning the third in Maghrib, Third rakah in Maghrib, the fourth in Isha, the fourth in, and the last tashahud is always long. You make dua, whatever you can. So you say, Durud Sharif, Allahumma salli We're going to come to cover this next week. So you say, Allahumma salli Muhammad, wa ala Muhammad, kama barakta Ibrahim, all of that. Then you go, Allahumma, yani, everything. Rabbi ja'al mukim salati, Rabbana atina fi dunya, Allahumma inni dhulamtu nafsi dhulman kathira, Allahumma, yeah, everything. And you keep making dua, keep making dua. That's the place for it. Okay? Um, and I think, Yani, that's what we will end with. Uh, we've got three minutes left for questions. Okay. Uh, is it not best to stick to everyone doing their own salah? No, I don't think there's a best. I prefer the first one of everybody doing their salah. Uh, but I don't... Um, 
but no, that's, yeah, maybe theoretically you might get confused by the second imam, but we're talking a small gathering and the woman imam that goes forward, that should be enough. But yeah, I personally prefer that when that happens, you break the prayer, that's it. You, you, you break into singles and you just move on and that's it. Lutz is, uh, what's happening there? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Sheikh swiping the porter's trolleys. We learned the very hard way that Sheikh likes you. You want to behave yourself, woman. Right, okay. Um, Breen, you mentioned there's no sukut in salah or you are always in a state of dhikr. Yeah, I just want to say that obviously if you're praying behind the imam and you're not hearing anything, you're sitting there waiting to stand up like, you know, like our imam after when he's in the second rakah of Salatul Isha and we're waiting for him, we're waiting for him. It's a sunnah for him to stand up quickly. If he doesn't, it's okay for you to now carry on with Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Because it's dhikr. Because what's the alternative? Yeah. About going to the second rukun? Yeah, and the, the problem is, is that you're moving to a different rukun of the prayer. Yeah. The majority of the scholars didn't accept that. The Hanafi school said, or some of the Hanafis, they said that you're moving into a new rukun. Once you moved into a new rukun, you've changed the order of the prayer. The problem is, is that uh, adhkar from the rukun does not constitute the rukun per se, etc., etc. So, the matter is, yani, whatever. Okay, uh, I think that's it, folks. We're going to pray Shah. Are we, yeah, uh, broadcasting Shah? Yeah? Okay, so we start then for the last remaining sessions, for the last five sessions online. We will be broadcasting Isha as well. And you're free to watch or to leave. Jazakumullah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. About what, what should I say about it? Oh, the hadith is weak, no doubt about it. Yeah, we're just talking about the hadith of sending oil to Masjid al-Aqsa. If you ever hear that hadith, folks, it's completely weak.